Ransomware is the celebrity of the hacking world. It's the type of attack that we hear about the most because of the way it works. A bad actor finds a way into your environment and ends up holding your systems and data to ransom. I'm Charles Commons and welcome to Good Isn't Good Enough, powered by Proofpoint. Joining me today is a director of technical sales for Proofpoint, Ed Rowley. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. Hello, Charles, and thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So let's get straight into it with the age-old question, why is ransomware still around? Oh, it's always a good question. And it's why crime is still around. It works and people make money from it. Simple as that. I suppose it is one of those things that, you know, I might turn around and go, surely we've had a chance now to to wipe this out and to stop it from happening. But surely we've had the same amount of time to stop people being able to break in through our doors and windows at home. Absolutely. And that's a real conundrum. So firstly, it's difficult to prosecute. Okay, arrests do happen. We saw the Revel, Revel, Revel gang arrested in Russia earlier this year. But that's a rarity. You know, these criminal gangs often operate within or, or from countries where it's difficult to track them down, or there's no real political will to prosecute them. Or in some cases, as we you know, will probably find out later on during this conversation, it's possibly state sponsored as well. So it's difficult to prosecute to allows the criminal gangs to to make their money with a degree of impunity. As I said, sometimes they do get arrested. Secondly, you know, you mentioned we've had lots of times to put in place protection into our systems. We have, but the criminal gangs find a way. They're evolving, they're changing, they're developing, and often they're relying on not the fragility of systems, but the vulnerabilities of people and how people react. We've seen statistics from the recent Verizon incident report 82% of, of threats involve a human element. 66% of these are, are coming in through email and people are expecting to receive emails. These emails that the criminal gangs put together look like real emails. They've often got a lure that people are interested in clicking and you know the rest is history. Yeah, and I, like I said in the intro, it, it really is the kind of celebrity attack, isn't it? It's the one that we all know about. I mean, as as we're actually chatting, there's a in the UK, a, a new drama that's coming out, I think on Channel 4, which is all about state-sponsored hack that is going to the government. Uh, you know, it's a proper like warlike hack. That is ransomware. That is what is being used. And that's the thing that I suppose for, you know, Joe Bloggs down the road, he will know about it. I guess it's one of those things where realistically you're looking at things and you're saying to yourself, right, if we know about it, that's because it gets used time and time again. We are constantly fighting a battle to stay ahead of the game. But I, unfortunately, it, I, and I think this is maybe the same with all of crime in a way, usually the crime fighters are, are maybe one step behind and always having to play catch up. That's exactly the case. The TV programme is, is a great example. Was it oh, several years ago now, showing my age, there was a uh, film called Swordfish and there are elements of cybersecurity in that and, and introducing viruses to destroy alien invaders in Independence Day. And, and all of that was often frowned upon. But now we know much more about it. People are much more savvy about ransomware, about cybercrime. And, and I'm sure that the, the TV series will be a, a lot close to the truth. And that truth is really out there. You talked about state sponsored cybercrime. We're seeing that day in, day out. There's been a big rise in it recently. Obviously, the war in Ukraine, there's been a lot of cyber attacks and cyber threats as a result of that against countries that are supporting Ukraine. But similarly, 
there have been a lot of lures built around trying to raise money or funds or to get support for the Ukraine, purporting to be messages of support and ways to help that are actually lures to introduce a threat, probably ransomware, possibly credential phishing, something along those lines. Let's look back to April. I was lucky enough myself post-COVID to travel to Costa Rica for a family holiday celebrating my 50th birthday a year late, but we did it nevertheless. And at that exact time, Costa Rica had declared a, uh, a national emergency as a result of many of their institutions being held to ransom from ransomware. So it, it's happening. Another example, just in the last couple of weeks, there's been a report of, and, and this one's particularly interesting, I think, and, and it goes back to the glamour of ransomware and the general awareness of ransomware, where Chinese state-sponsored hackers are using ransomware as a cover for spying. So the ransomware will get introduced into an organization along with some, some code that will, that will spy on those organizations. And whilst the, the, the affected organizations are busy tidying up the ransomware and, and worrying about that, their attention is diverted from the spying that is the real goal of that particular attack. So it's very interesting, that the, the threat landscape and how, how ransomware is being used not only by organized criminal gangs trying to get money, which they do a very good job of, but also as a distraction. Wow. I, I think we could probably spend another half an hour talking about all those things. But but before we get too bogged down in it, let's just go towards the methods uh, of protecting ourselves from ransomware. Can you just explain some of the, the more traditional, the older methods, and, and, and whether they still work? Many, many threats come through email. As I, as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, criminal gangs use email to deliver their threats. And email is, is the number one threat vector for this. Okay, So having a very good secure email gateway in place to block the bad stuff as quickly as possible, never let it get into the inbox, that's a very good start. You know, don't let the users see the bad thing. Okay, But also raising user awareness. You know, we, we think we're aware of what ransomware is, but we're not always aware of the types of lures the techniques that the, the criminal gangs are using. So putting in place good, effective security awareness training to help individuals protect themselves, not just at work, but you know at home as well, uh, because their home credentials could potentially be used to perpetrate some kind of attack, including a ransomware attack uh, at a later date, not necessarily against their own organization, but against a third party where their credentials are being used as a trusted contact. So training the users, blocking emails, and also having a backup in place, you know, having a, making sure that all your files, your, your sensitive data is all backed up, stored separately and, and secure, and then have a plan. You know, it's easy to talk about technology and training, but also having a plan, having a response if something does happen. And that works. Well, that's good to know that it does still work because there was an element of me thinking to myself, here we go, everything that I've got in place for myself is going to be out of date and I'm going to have to start all over again from the beginning. So it's nice to know that actually, at least on a basic level, that is quite, I won't say sufficient, but it's getting there. But the whole point of this podcast series is that actually that's no longer good enough and we need to do a bit more now. Well, that, that's right. You know, um, as you say, it, it's good at a basic level. But as, as Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the face. And uh, ransomware is that punch, right? So the criminal gangs, you know, let's look back five years ago, maybe six years ago, and ransomware was pretty simple. An email comes in, you click on the link or open the attachment and boom, you're compromised. Your, your files are being encrypted. You can't get access to them. It's possibly spread across your network and those files are getting encrypted. 
It was as simple as that. And we found ways to block against it. Easy. So they changed their approaches. Ransomware attacks today are far more sophisticated than they were five or six years ago. I talked about backups. Um, that's one of the best ways to reduce or mitigate the, the problems caused by ransomware. You don't care. You've got your files. You can just simply restore them. No issue. Okay. Well, what happens if the criminals have got in as a result of credential theft created as a part of a phishing campaign where an email would come in and, and the user's given up their credentials into the Office 365 environment? Criminal gangs can log in. They can move laterally. Moving laterally means they can work within an organization and get access to different accounts that have got more, more powers, more authority, more access. And with those enhanced access rights, they can go and see where backups are. They can mess with the backups. They can prevent or change the settings on, on things like Microsoft OneDrive or SharePoint so that files aren't updating or, or checking themselves uh, daily. It's moved to monthly or you know, change the settings so that the backups aren't being as effective as they should be so that when the ransomware is triggered three or four days later, the company goes, yay, I've got my plan. We've got our back. Oh, there's no backup. Wait. What's just happened? And again, they compromised. Similarly, organizations are putting in place uh, insurance schemes. So if they've got insurance, that, that's a, sort of a slightly different approach to, um, to protecting yourself against the impact of ransomware. We saw from um, you know, UK fashion retailers ransomware attack, Fatface, last year, the criminal gang knew that Fatface had insurance and actually set the price of the ransom at a bit lower than the insurance premium was was covering uh, and uh, when when fat face said well due to covid we're not getting the business that we're, we're used to our, our profit to down we don't have that money the the support department of the ransomware gang simply went back to them and said well you're insured for this amount come on pay up it's not you that's paying so you know they've done their research they've, they've worked it out and, and eventually fat face paid up they didn't pay the full sum i think it was around about two million dollars they paid in the end as it got negotiated down and oddly enough, the, the ransomware gang gave Fatface some tips on cybersecurity after that to help them from getting compromised again in the future. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, should I? But no. I mean, <laughs> that is an incredible, incredible act that, that has gone on there. I mean, I always find it very frustrating and funny at the same time when we're talking about these kind of attacks and then the the victims end up having to pay because essentially i don't know whether i'm right in saying that there's no other way of getting around it but it obviously feels like that to these companies at that point i mean i'm sure fatface for example they wouldn't have paid if there was a way around doing it well i'm sure they wouldn't and but it becomes slightly more malicious than that even as fatface didn't really uh, want to pay but one of the techniques that ransomware gangs use now is if people don't pay then they start to trickle or drip feed the data that they've stolen out to the public or threaten to release it to the public, whether it's to the PR agency of the company affected or whether it's just to a publicly available website. So they're starting to leak that data, which can have a, a big impact, not just on the availability of that data, making it making sensitive data available, but um, also to the credibility, the brand of a uh, company where you know, people don't trust their data with, with the organization anymore. That's a that's all part of the ransomware process is this sort of brinkmanship on on the release of that data, not just you can't have it back, you can't have it back, and we're going to make it public. It's a sophisticated blackmail. 
is essentially exactly. what this is. And I, and I, it goes to that that thing, doesn't it? Of obviously competitors will stay on the Fat Face example here. Fat Face's competitors will have had access to that data if it had been made made public, but. As well as that, and I think we have seen this in, in previous times where the public have become aware of a serious breach at a previously well-trusted and, and well-liked organization. The trust that you lose from the, the public, who are your customers, that is more expensive than anything because you, it, takes a lot long, it takes a lot longer to rebuild trust than it does necessarily to earn back a bit of money. And and that's probably the the worst part of all of it. I personally couldn't agree more. And you know, for me, this is why cybersecurity ransomware has become a board level issue now. You know, it's no longer down with the IT departments. You know, risk risk management is is board level and, and has to be because of that. You know, you, yes, you lose some money but your whole brand can be compromised as a result of this and how you manage it. So managing it is, is, is very important. Some organizations do it, do it very well. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, unfortunately, but you know, the ones that tend to handle their customer base or um, their business contacts better you know, will, will tend to fare well. And I, I suppose that's really how ransomware has evolved. Uh, overall isn't it it's this this thing where it's actually you know there's research quite clearly taking place into how much money they can actually get away with asking for or demanding we wouldn't have seen that 10 15 years ago no and, and they're they're very very good the information that they can get it, it goes back to the point i was making about people being a vulnerability they will target people they will try and gain access into an organization via compromised accounts from people that they've targeted and do their research. It's incredible. It really is. So what do organizations need to be doing now then to protect themselves in 2022, Ed? Some of it is the same. You know, a lot of these threats come through email. We, we see that through our own research at Proofpoint. We see that through third-party research at Palo Alto, uh, the Verizon Data Breach Incident Report. It all says the same. You know, a lot of these attacks come in through email. So you need to really have good beyond good better than good detection at your email gateway that that's that's rule number one again you need to secure users you need to have your backups but you need to go beyond that you need to start looking at other areas of, of focus not at the expense of those that i just mentioned however a couple of other um, trends that we've seen the way that organizations are again exploiting people we've got what we call toad attacks toad it's it it's the IT industry, right? We've got to have an acronym. So these are um, telephone-oriented attack delivery. A good example of that was in lockdown. We had what, what appeared to be a, a free movie site, a, a competitor to Netflix, if you will. People got these emails and there was a, a phone number. And right, everybody's told, ignore emails, or if you if you want to, check it out and use the number, actually call these people. So this ransomware gang actually had a call center. So people would phone it up. They would be directed by the person on the phone to a website and click to download this movie player. And hey, presto, they've introduced some ransomware into the organization. Now, bearing in mind, during lockdown, when a lot of people were working remotely and using their work infrastructure or connecting to their work infrastructure from home, that could very quickly lead to additional compromise across corporate organizational assets. So that, that's one way that the criminal gangs are, are attacking people. And, and to your question, you know, again, awareness training, 
making sure that organizations have got adequate protection at, at multi-levels, you know, not just at Secure Email Gateway, but um, possibly possibly at the desktop as well. I, I think I saw something quite recently. It's not necessarily ransomware. This was more of just telephone scamming, but essentially the people were maybe getting an email or they were getting a message on their phone or something that was saying, or oh, you owe money to, I don't know, HMRC or whatever. Press one to go and talk to these people. And then they talked to them. And then some people were obviously being very, very careful or thought they were. And they were, they were saying, well, look, I don't trust this. You've rung me. I'm going to ring you back. And then what would happen is that the person on the other end of the phone would go, no problem, here's the number to ring. (laughs) And unfortunately, people were getting caught out. So rather than going on and actually finding out, you know, by going to HMRC, well, gov.uk in that case, and finding the correct number, there was that. But then there was also one that showed that essentially these scammers were using a piece of software that allowed them to actually changed the number that it looked like they were calling from. So they were going on to, say, a website like hmrc.uk, telling the person on the phone and saying, no problem at all, I'm going to call you from this number. Go to this website, you'll see that the number exists. I'm going to call you from that number so that you know it's definitely HMRC calling you. And then that tricky piece of software was enabling the system to be fooled so that the the telephone at the person's house rang showing the number that they were expecting to see rather than the number that they were actually calling from which was in wherever so incredibly sophisticated oh it really is is there anything else because obviously there, there is that side of it you know the the awareness so doing a bit more training telling people this is how things are being done at the moment and so therefore you should be preparing yourself for this and here's what you can do if you think this potentially is what is happening is, you know, go and actually find the number yourself and then ring and then ask and, and you know, find out hopefully at that point, no, that's not us. Do not give any money or do anything. What, what else can we do? So firstly, I've talked about the increasing complexity of a ransomware attack. Many of them now are launched as part of what we call a, an initial access brokerage. Criminal gangs will try to get something in an organization. It might not be ransomware straight away. So they will they will get via again probably using an email with a, an attachment where someone clicks on a link and that downloads some malware or where there's a macro in a Word document or Excel spreadsheet that will install something or run a script that will pull something down from the internet that will then sit on that desktop allowing the attacker access to it. Whilst they've got access, they can pretty much do what they want. They can as I've said earlier, move laterally with an organization, try and gain elevated privileges, more access, start to go into the organization's Office 365 environment, such as uh, OneDrive, change the file retention period, as, as I mentioned earlier, so that you know, files expire more quickly so that the backups aren't, aren't taking place. But being able to have visibility into that using sort of cloud access security brokerage products, uh, CASB, as they're usually referred to, so that you're monitoring these cloud-based sites or, or using tools to monitor the access to your backups. To If you see any unexpected changes, that's a big red alert. That's a big sort of red flag that there may be a ransomware attack about to happen. So with that in mind, you might be able to stop the ransomware attack from happening in the first place. So getting visibility into your cloud resources to, uh, to see if some sophisticated attacker is uh, trying to prepare for a ransom attack 
we'll, uh, we'll give you some good insight. Similarly, there was a bit of research done about six, eight months ago by Hitachi ID. They surveyed, I think, 100 large organizations in, in the US and found that there's been a big increase in the number of employees who are being approached to start the ransomware attack on behalf of the criminals. So criminal gangs are now paying employees to launch ransomware attacks for them. So having having insight into what your employees are doing, what they're loading up, or uh, the the actions that they're taking, you know, a little bit of it may sound a bit like Big Brother monitoring your inside users, but it's increasingly important for for a number of reasons. Not only may they be malicious users, they might be compromised users. So uh, having an understanding of what they're doing is uh, is also increasingly important. It's it's getting more complicated because the threats are more complex. Could we uh, go as far to say, look after your employees, and then they won't want to do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> in, in this current job environment where staff retention is, is key, that's definitely another reason to do that. But yes, and the, the money being offered to some of these employees is significant. It, it's, yeah, it, in some cases, according to that report, it, it's life changing. It's a big deal. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not thinking about it anytime soon. But when you get given that kind of figure just put in front of you the 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 temptation's going to be there isn't it it's it, it might not be right but i can i can i can understand why it's happening and i suppose if if the attackers are building that into their business plan so to speak then it becomes worthwhile for them that's incredible to think that that's happening these days anything else ed you know this doesn't just apply to ransomware it applies to really cybersecurity as a whole because you know ransomware is is as you mentioned earlier, the glamorous edge, the bit that everybody knows about, the bit where money changes hands and you, know, you get negotiators on the phone. But for organizations to understand their own business, understand what they need to protect, the data that they need to protect, understand their own intellectual property, their own assets is key. You know, they need to know the risk. And again, it's a board level issue. This needs to be driven from the top down. Okay. Put in place technology, put in place the right technology in the right places. Email security is key here. Training your users. I'm being a bit repetitive, but it's an important repeat. You know, making sure that people know what they're doing, know what the threats are, know the impact that they are actually the target for the criminal gangs. Yes, the criminal gangs are going to steal money, they're going to steal data, but they're doing that via people. And that's that's a big shift to um, what we were seeing sort of 15 years ago. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you, Ed. It's been a joy to talk through all of this. We've got loads more to come on this series. My thanks to Ed for joining me. And hopefully we'll make sure that we can get everybody's organisation up to speed when it comes to not just ransomware, but everything to do with their cybersecurity as a whole. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Charles. Thanks very much. You've been listening to Good Isn't Good Enough, a podcast about email security powered by Proofpoint. For more information, check out the links in the podcast description or go to proofpoint.com.